Wanderers Show. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, which is going to be slightly different to how it seemed uh, earlier on today. <laughs> we have come up with Plan B, though, so we're OK. And yes. it doesn't involve any Christmas parties or anything like that. Sorry, that's a bit of an old joke now, isn't it? It's quite satirical, though. Well, it like is, it. yeah, but Satire it feels like, you show. know, it's like last week's Have I Got News for yeah, You, that's not true. this week's. Sorry about that. I'll, 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 I'll try and get better during the, the next hour. <laughs> yeah, we don't want rerun stuff. No, no, exactly. No, it, 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 it's all live and fresh. Right. It is. It better be now. Yes. Now you've yeah, said definitely that. Definitely is. We've got to. We've got to. Got to keep the freshness in. We have. Um, we have uh, Gareth Ainsworth um, after the draw with AFC Wimbledon. A lot happened in that game, not just the game, but around it, as, as we'll hear as well. But um, there was obviously uh, Chris Farino being announced for his, his contract. There was. Afterwards. Yes, that's true. There was the NHS getting a fantastic reception at halftime. There was. Um, Darius really Charles good. got a really nice reception. Oh, that was really good as well. That was so nice. We do these things very, very well at Adams Park. Uh, it was really nice to see Darius Charles and, and Gareth was there and Pete and Rob and yeah it was just lovely that was, that was a really nice moment it really well as you'll hear with the chat with Gareth it really kind of highlights what the club's about in such a nice way and I like the fact that then the terrorists started singing he's one of our own I thought that was very good <laughs> absolutely uh, we'll hear from Chris Farino as well uh, we'll also hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth and we've got a special feature on the club shop oh we have yes uh, Phil Catchpole on his wonderful Ringing the Blues podcast which you can get from all good podcast providers completely for free just like our very own Wickham Wanderer show podcast which you can also get from all good podcast suppliers completely for free uh, Phil went into the club shop before the game against AFC Wimbledon um, and chatted to Missy Kuhick and as he says there's probably not many club shops where you'd find a director actually working in the club shop before the game No, it's a very good point I, I'd, I'd imagine none I could now tell my story about the time that I saw Gareth in the club shop before a game, but he wasn't actually serving, to be honest. But I did think the same thing at the time, was you can't really imagine, sort of like, if you went to Anfield, that you'd have Jurgen Klopp in the, the Anfield Superstore, or whatever the movie they call it, about 20 minutes before the kickoff. whereas that was when I saw Gareth in the club shop. This was a couple of seasons ago now, but even so, I was very impressed that he was there. Absolutely. Is that the story? Yeah, that, that was the story. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, was... he wasn't doing, you know, he, he, was, he was chatting to someone. So, uh-huh. so, so he, he'd obviously got, so the, the, he'd promised to give them, I think, a, like, a piece of training kit or something like that. So there he was handing over the piece of training kit. So it did almost look like he was working in the shop. Um, and I don't know, it just warms your heart to see that, you know, that, that our manager does stuff like that. It's a really nice story. Very nice to hear. Uh, we'll also be catching up with former midfielder Hakan Hayretin as well, who uh, scored a fantastic goal against Preston, of which uh, the current manager was playing for at the time he's got a fantastic name as well who the current manager Hacken, well they're both <laughs> <laughs> you Gareth, sir have a fantastic name Gareth Ainsworth that's a, that's a good name as well absolutely yes. they're all good names aren't well they well done Mr and Mrs Ainsworth for naming Gareth that was a good name <laughs> <laughs> name news here uh, at Wickham Sound indeed yes uh, shall we go back to Saturday then I think we should it was cold Oh. It was it was the first time this year where I really did think, oh yeah, battery operated trousers. Exactly, exactly. I forgot them again, which was really really silly. Um, I, it was one of those games I wore the wrong thing, if you know oh. what I mean. And, and you know how it, it's quite depressing when you get to a ground and within yes. the first five minutes you're there thinking, I've worn the wrong thing, and you're especially you're, this you're time not, of year because the, the sun starts to go yeah, exactly. down. Exactly, you think oh, oh, it's getting a bit chilly now. Yeah, it just you know. Because you're quite warm from the walk up to the ground, or from that's the... very true as well. Yes, and then it starts to wear off. Yes, and, uh, and, you know, and so so there's that five or ten minute spell where you go from feeling like you know almost maybe a bit too hot to then thinking, oh, this is going to be a bit of a long afternoon. Um, and so it seemed as well on the pitch uh, because of course Wimbledon scored after just four minutes. Um, we have to say it was it was a bit of a tapping. It wasn't you know we we were we were still sort of half asleep or something. I'm oh. not quite sure why. So Perhaps it was a cold. Sorry, sorry to any of the players that are listening. Exactly, maybe it was, but yeah, it was. A slightly frustrating goal to concede and for quite a long time it did look like oh goodness me it's, it's just going to be one of those games and all of the things that Gareth has said about them you know being a bit of a bogey team and whatever and that we always struggle against them you were thinking oh it, it is you know it's going to be that game where yes really on paper you think we should be winning this and actually we're, we're not um, and so then Akin Fenwa um, who else of course <laughs> you know and you, you could imagine Jeff Stelling saying you know <laughs> the former AFC Wimbledon player etc etc you know, it was a lovely goal, a lovely lob. You, you don't see enough lobs in football. It was a super, super lob over the goalkeeper um, to, to put us back level. Um, and, you know, and then we were just thinking, oh, good, OK, you never know. Actually, we might manage to sneak this. When goodness me, obviously, when we scored again in 90 plus two, I think it was. And, of course, their fans went absolutely 
berserk thinking that they'd won the game um, but we still had time for Sully Kaikai to go down in their penalty area and for Joe Jacobson then to score the resultant penalty meaning that we at least came away with a point Welcome to the latest edition of Don't Leave Adams Park Early That's very very true yes um, It all seems to happen in stoppage time doesn't it, it? It does I was slightly nervous as well about JJ taking the penalty because he'd been injured previously and he'd then taken the free kick which didn't seem like a very good idea and it wasn't the best free kick it was the it was the free kick of somebody who had just had a bit of an injury and so when he then stepped up to take the penalty and I was thinking no no and, and also remembering what happened against Portsmouth um, a short time ago um, but he didn't make the same mistake twice and sure enough yes we did secure a point this won't work well for the radio but perhaps on a future show we could do a graph of when when things happen in the in stoppage time in games it, it will be a bit like the harry potter books if you know <laughs> what i mean it, it's like you know uh, the, the exciting things happen at the end it's the same with wicked wanderers games don't leave early because the exciting things always happen at the end next slide please uh, phil spoke to gareth after the game and uh, he sort of felt like it was it was two points dropped in the end you got to respect Wimbledon. They've come. They've uh, they've scored two goals, two good goals. You know, um, we knew they'd be dangerous. We knew that they've got energy. They've got youth. They've got a, you know enthusiasm, and they've got a fantastic support. You know, their fans never show up, and you can tell um, they're proud of this club that you know has built its way up uh, back into the league, and uh, and rightly deserved the draw today because I thought we lacked a little bit of quality at times, um, but. The character the boys have shown there at the end there to come back and get a draw after being, you know, on top most of the second half. Um, you know, we, 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 we should have scored. We should have been more clinical in front of goal. They've hit the post though and they've worked David Stockdale as well. So this isn't one-sided by any means. I'm not going to even pretend that. Um, but it felt like once we equalised, it was going to be us that won the game. Fantastic header from uh, from Radoni, was it, at the, at the back stick there. And uh, you know, he's going to be some player. Um, but like I say, the character shown from the boys to uh, to get back in the game, um, and obviously balls of steel from Joe Jacobson to uh, to stick that penalty in right at the end after his last one was missed. Um, you know that this squad doesn't know when it's beat. It's a point gained, obviously, because it's on the tally. But um, yeah, we 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 were looking hopefully for three once we equalised. Um, brilliant for Mackin family but unfortunately we have to settle for a draw it shows you what the quality of the game was as well because I've asked you about maybe two points dropped the Wimbledon bench definitely reckons it's two points dropped for them as well it was that kind of game wasn't it <laughs> yeah of course you know and, and they're going to um, and I can totally see why they're saying that because they were 2-1 up with three minutes to go two minutes to go you know so um, yeah of course it is but um, they they came with quality they came with a, a plan obviously I think they're happy with the point but um, they would have they, you know they will be disappointed that didn't get three after that that goal in the in the stoppage time. Um, but like I say, we never know when we're down. We never know when we're beat, and that was great character shown from us. But yeah, it was a it was a great atmosphere today, and uh, it was uh, it was nice to see the Wimbledon fans getting right behind their teams. You know, um, like I knew they did back in the day, um, and the Wickham fans as well. Second half, you know, really really got behind. I think there was about three thousand penalty claims when uh, when Silly Kaka got dragged down. But um, I think it was an easy decision for the ref. Uh, it's tough to take, um, but. There's another point on the board, and uh, we're 42 now, I think. Um, it's a great tally. Um, a win next week would put us almost two points a game, which gets you promoted. We're in a great place. We're in a good position. We've got a decent squad. Probably a little bit leggy towards the end today, but um, please with the boys. Adebayowak in Fenwa. I mean, I'm running out of words to describe the man. 39 years old, and he's still a game-changer. We had a real good chat um, midweek, you know, about where he is, and... Uh, and Bale is unbelievable for this club, you know. Just adding to his uh, his record goal tally, he's the record league goal scorer for Wickham Wanderers. Um, you know, that doesn't come by accident, that doesn't come by fluke. That's a good player. Um, he's an exceptional player, an exceptional talent, a brilliant leader, and above all that, uh, an awesome human being. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm very humbled to have him in my side, but... He'd be exactly the same, saying exactly the same things, and that's 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 why the man is so uh, he's so good. And I think Wickham really, you know, sit down and realise what they've got with him because he's uh, he's sensational. And what a goal, you know. Um, he could have got one or two more as well. Uh, there's some great balls put in the box second half, but um, he's uh, he's got us back in it without a doubt. And defensively, no anti-Stuart again today. Is that still that illness still hanging around? Yeah, he's got illness. Uh, 
David Wheeler, unfortunately, on this as well. I'm sure there's going to be more clubs and more more around the country with the, the winter coming. You know, this um, the pandemic getting ramped up again, and an illness of colds and flus, and people saying, "Oh, it's not this, but it's this," and uh, it's going to happen. We've just got to be as, uh, as safe as we possibly can here, and we, uh, you know, we need to ramp up um, what we're doing now because. It is winter, um, so even in a non-pandemic era, I think you've got to you've got to watch your colds and flu over winter time. So keeping the squad together, keeping them healthy, will be really important. There's a few tired legs in there, and, and if I'm honest, a couple of players played with some serious knocks as well, um, stitches in feet and um, and injections here and there. So um, thank you, boys, for going through the pain barrier for me. Didn't quite get there today, but take a point all day as long as we can back it up next week away from Bolton and you've always said when players do miss out through injury or illness or suspension it provides an opportunity Chris Farino's come in and, and made his Football League debut and he's just announced in the bar now in front of the Wickham fans that he's got a two and a half year contract here through the development squad I think Chris is, uh, is an excellent prospect for Wickham Wanderers as is Anis Mamete um, Ali Alhamidi and Ali Pendleby you know some, some young boys who are, who are really coming through at this moment and uh, I'm, I'm excited to say yeah, Chris has proved himself for me enough already with his uh, his application is the mental side he's got rather than just the physical side because we look at all aspects of, uh, of a footballer Chris has got a real chance so uh, centre-halves are very hard to come by we know that um, every window we, uh, we we have a look for them and uh, and honestly they are they are gold dust um, so getting a good one getting him signed up early at a young age I think it's great business for this club and uh, I couldn't have done it without the Keurig's support um, thanks for them um, it's up to me now to get Chris to realise his full potential which I think can be a top top player looking at his playing record he was playing at Wingate and Finchley before coming to join Wickham and Anis Mehmeti down at Step 9 as well uh, it's a good message for players playing at that level and also for scouts and there's <clears> talent out there yeah, and I was told I wasn't good enough at 18 and 19, you know, so it's only opinions, it's only timing. Um, some players develop slower than others, some develop quickly and, and then don't make it. It's, it's right place, right time, opportunity and a little belief from somebody um, and they've both got total belief from me. I think they're going to be excellent players and for years to come, hopefully for Wickham Wanderers. I imagine there are some fantastic aspects of being a manager but to hand a player uh, a, a contract, their first contract and also their first sort of league start as well must be quite special. It must be very, very special, mustn't it? And just you must feel like you've crowned the winner of mm. the X Factor or something like that at <laughs> Just that moment literally because, sort of on you go this is yeah. going to be the start of something quite exciting yeah uh, I mean and particularly somebody like Chris Farino who being brought in to, to make up the numbers as it were um, and then ending up you know uh, actually making it it must just be wonderful and for that to be announced two fans after the game in the bar like it was as well yeah absolutely I mean and again that's that's a nice thing that, that you wouldn't get really at a bigger club would you but actually being able to do something like that in front of the fans mm. um, and seeing their reaction sort of like first hand that must be absolutely wonderful it'd be great to be able to hear from Chris Farino wouldn't it it would be rather good yes <clears throat> let's uh, <laughs> let's do exactly that it's, uh, it's one you Matt. prepared earlier <laughs> uh, speaking to Matt it's quite windy though Chris, it's been a whirlwind few weeks for you. I think many Wickham fans may not have been able to sort of name you two or three months ago and all of a sudden uh, a lot of talk about you. You must be so pleased with, with your progress here. Yeah, definitely. I think at the start of this year, I couldn't have dreamed of being in this scenario. I think I've been here maybe seven or eight months. And like you said, I pretty much came in as a nobody. Um, Gaff mentioned it, came in to make up numbers in a trial game here at Bisham. Performed well by myself at trial and it's been it's been a hard draft. Uh, recovering from a knee injury for five months and then the Papa John's game. It's been a great learning experience since I've been fit the last three months. You talk about a learning experience, you literally were learning, weren't you? You were off at university when you got the call. Talk us through how that came about. Uh, I woke up in bed about half eleven, maybe ten o'clock at the earliest. Um, got a call from an agent that I hadn't spoken to for a few years when I was at Colchester and said there's a trial game at Wickham, are you fit? arguably fit or not I came in I think I've done alright I earned myself a trial and yeah here I am I guess it's one of those sliding doors moments had it not worked out you could have continued your studies you don't know where your career might have taken you but yeah. I guess now you're fully focused with a contract under your belt on, on making it in professional football definitely uh, I think I made the choice to go to uni I love I always have loved and enjoyed playing football but to do it full time and given the like, backing of the gaffer Dobbo uh, Kuwigs and all the physio staff I worked hard with it's been, it's been amazing 
some incredible players to learn from as well. I think Gaffer said he couldn't have wished to have made your debut alongside two better individuals than Joe Jacobson and Jack Rimmer, but Taff, Anthony Stewart, plenty of other experience that you can learn from. Yeah, I think it's amazing, even when I was on trial, um, I kind of got a gauge I was doing all right. And I remember speaking to Tools after one training session, I was picking up so many tips, uh, little habits, um, stuff like that. And I knew after halfway through my trial decision, yes or no or not, I was going to stick it out with football because this club showed me it was, it's a great, uh, like to play full-time football is a pleasure honestly I guess some of the other players have been examples of, of breaking through Anis and Ollie Pendlebury and, and I guess patience has to come into it as well because obviously we you know, saw you play great against Burton and as soon as other players become available again there will be some rotation and chopping and changing but just taking the opportunities when they come will be, will be key for you won't they? Of course I think the one word I always use when I'm here is grateful so I never go knocking on the gaffer's door or anything like that I know I have to bide my time you, you mentioned Ollie Pendlebury he's two years younger than he got his opportunity before me but there was never any worry or panic I knew what I had to do at the training ground day in day out and all my days off is all just making sure I do things right now and making up for a bit of lost time I guess You said to me after the Burton game that you didn't give you didn't have too much notice before kick-off that you were you were playing in the team I guess that maybe helped you with your lack of nerves in the end I guess I think if I got told the day before I probably wouldn't have been able to sleep as well um, I got told yeah about an hour and 20 minutes before kick-off so there's 20 minutes in the change room with a bit uh, jitters and nerves but I managed to sort myself out and I think once I step onto the pitch there's a narrow focus and very much focused on the game. And you've had some great landmarks already, your first goal at Hartlepool, obviously that was your debut, you've had your league debut, plenty to look forward to in 2022. Definitely, uh, I'm working on my next goal, my aim, uh, I'm not sure where to put the ceiling now because as I said a year ago I couldn't imagine it, so I think yeah the sky's the limit definitely. And how did it feel walking out there to a, you know, a, a stadium full of fans and then Wickham fans really getting behind you, singing your name and, and that must have been an amazing experience for any professional. Yeah, it was definitely, it was amazing. I have to admit it's hard to hear the fans when, as I said, narrow focus. You kind of have to block all that out, but that's great. I think we've got great support at home and I think it's important that we keep bringing the fans down and I'm looking forward to Boxing Day as well. It's always a big crowd. Great to be a young player looking forward to Boxing Day. It is, yes. And hearing the crowd chanting your name, even though he does then... I think rather interestingly admit that it's difficult to hear the crowd which is something David Wheeler said before as well actually. that is interesting isn't it because yes. you'd think you're in a sort of a bowl in a, in a sort of a in the a, in, in, in middle of it but, but perhaps not I suppose it's it, you're at work aren't you sure and I suppose all of us when game. we're at work yeah if you've got to be focused on what you're doing you're probably not necessarily listening to the fact that the terrorists maybe are singing uh, five Tafazolis as they did again uh, on Saturday I did very much enjoy their, their rendition it's very festive again, isn't it of, like of it. the 12, 12 Ryan Tafazolis still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer show we'll be uh, giving you some ideas of what to get for Christmas gifts from the club shop we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth maybe uh, five Tafazolis yeah maybe little model ones yes oh that would be good that's a good idea yeah, yeah Missy you should do that make a note of that yeah uh, and also, uh, we'll catch up with uh, a former midfielder next who had a bit of a, a midfield tussle with the current boss. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Christmas on Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll look ahead to the festive fixtures. We were going to look ahead to Saturday's fixture, but there now isn't one. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some blancmange or something like that for, uh, for ten minutes. No, Blamange. we're not really. Yes, Angel Delight. Uh, indeed, mm. blancmange. Oh, that's just reminded me of school dinners. Um, uh, Angel, uh, we had blancmange a lot at school. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can tell you didn't. You Don't think very, it was proper blancmange. You, you weren't very keen. No. Uh, uh, we'll also uh, tell you how Wickham Wanderers women got on in their uh, most recent fixture too. Uh, but first, a big thank you as always to uh, thank you the win. <laughs> That wasn't rehearsed, was it? Uh, to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. And we've got uh, one of their members to say a very happy birthday to in a few moments' time. But first, I've been catching up with uh, midfielder Hakan Hayretin, who, uh, well, I'll let, you, I'll let him tell you how he became a wanderer. It's quite ironic because, obviously, I've looked at certain social medias. It's got that I was a wanderer and I played for 13 clubs. Well, I only played for 13 clubs because when we was at Barnet, we had the All-Stars there, and you could only play 11. So there was numerous occasions where many of us would go out and loan and play games at different clubs. And um, at the time, John Steele came in for me. Uh, he was the manager of Redbridge, which is now Dagenham. Um, and I played for him, and 
I did well there, and I, one of my games was against Wickham, and I think Martin liked me, the gaffer liked me from watching me play, and the next thing I know, they've come in for me, and, you know, I, I wanted to go. I, 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 I said that I wanted to go, and I wanted to go to Wickham, and I got my move on a permanent basis, so I was really happy about that. Uh, and the game was at Wickham. Uh, we lost 1-0, I think, that uh, at the time Wickham beat us. 1-0 and I had a good game and then thereafter that on transfer deadline day I signed for my O'Neill Because you initially you initially came on loan didn't you? Yeah I initially came on loan but it was more to be a permanent thing so I didn't want to stay at Barnet after. once I knew there was interest I knew with the greatest respect to the people at Barnet we had so many good players that every other week the team was being rotated I went on loan to Torquay while I was there I left and went and played out in Turkey in the Premiership I came back and then it was just a revolving door, really, for players going out alone, coming back. And that's the way Barry Fry did it. But as soon as I knew that Martin O'Neill was interested, I jumped at the chance. And I had a fantastic season, unbelievable season. To play in a trophy final and to win the league was amazing. So I did a double that year. I won the league with them and Barnett got promoted as well. So I was quite fortunate and blessed. No, definitely. And what were your first impressions when you arrived at the club? Well, very professional. I was... Uh, Welcomed by a great set of lads, so I still keep in touch with most of them now. And it was just a, an amazing time to be on the journey, really. And uh, the club, were, well, everyone was friendly. It was well, well run. The chairman at the time, Ivor Beeks, was there. And we had AP Allen Parry there as well. It was good times. And in a short space of time, I got, I got settled in very, very quickly. And uh, we did some fantastic things in a short space of time. Did it feel at the time that, that, that you were part of something really special? Yeah, I did. I did, because the players there, I'd probably say weren't as probably good as Barnet, but the team was much better. The team had everything, had pace, it had power, and so did the Barnet team. But, you know, it had it had big personalities and characters, and and with mine at the helm, it was two different types of managers. Mine was quite astute, you know, he'd keep you waiting, he'd make you want to play for him, whereas Barry would get you to play for him. Um, so there's two different sort of styles in management there and um, it was just an amazing time I settled in really quickly the support was amazing you know the facilities were fantastic and I was just lucky to be part of something I just added I bolted on to what they already had and you mentioned the trophy final what are your memories of that day because that must have been quite special coming on, on yeah it was it was to be honest again but I, in them days I think you only had two subs or three subs and I was one of them the gaffer called me and he said look before the game he said this, because I played in the both legged, both legs of the semi-final. I played left-back in the first leg, and I remember having a toy. I weren't the greatest in the second leg at Gander Goose Lane. In Sutton, I played in my preferred uh, position, and I remember Keith Scott coming back from a long, long-term injury to play in that game, and we won 4-0. And he just said to me before the game, Hack, he said to me, Hack, it's a close call. You know, close call. I'm going to go with the players that have been here longer, otherwise you'd be starting. And I respected that, but just to be a part of it was an amazing feeling. Because I felt it as well on the day, you know, it felt so special, just the whole town went, didn't they? And you saw people on the train yeah. who were from, yeah, yeah, from yeah, your yeah, school yeah. or from your road, and, and it just yeah, felt yeah, like yeah, such yeah, a, yeah. a great occasion. Well, for, for any player to play at Wembley is a, is a great occasion, and I was blessed to be one of them, and I was blessed to be a part of a Wiccan Wondrous team that had fantastic support on the day, and we, we were lucky to have that, and I'll never forget it. Never forget it at all, and it brings back some really good memories. And you know, I'll never forget them. And as you say, to play in the trophy final, but also to be part of that promotion-winning side as well, must have been so special. It was, yeah. So, like I said to you, that year Barnet got promoted as well um, for, for the football league. But what I'm saying is that there was a buzz around uh, Adams Park. It was it was organised much better than what it was at Underhill. There was a good a board, board of directors that run the club properly. We had an astute manager who was probably going to go into big, bigger and better things, who respected everybody at the club. And you know, with him, you had to earn his respect. He didn't, he couldn't, he wouldn't just give it to you. So it was uh, an amazing feeling in the day. Well, the whole time really was just amazing there, and I've, I've still got fond memories of the place. Very good fond memories, and like I said. I was at the FSA dinner recently and I bumped into two directors 
And I did a podcast. I think it was a Phil. Was it Phil? Phil does a podcast. That's right, yes. Pod, I did a podcast with him, and he, he says to me, hey, when we won the league on the day, you had me on your shoulders carrying me around the pitch. So, you know, all these memories are fantastic memories. And as a player, you know, you take it with you, and for supporters, it stays with them. No, definitely. And as you say, it's so nice that you're still in touch with that group of players today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I speak to Chris quite a bit. Obviously, you had the misfortune of having a heart attack. I was there on the day because I was playing in that barn at 11 when that happened and I'm in a group you know, uh, group chat with them. So I speak to some of them occasionally. Yeah. I haven't been, out, been able to go out with them in the last two or three years. I know the boys get together and go out, but obviously during this pandemic, it's been quite difficult. So hopefully next, next one I'll be there with them. Now, that must have been quite scary to be in, you know, to sort of witness that as well. Obviously, Glenn, Glenn played for Barnet as well, and it was a Barnet 11 via Wickham 11, and I was the one that knew his family, so it was quite a terrorising time for me at the time because I had to break the news to his kids. We didn't even know if he was going to be alive at the time, so I, I had to brace myself and tell him what was going on, but luckily you pulled through like he always does. Yeah, no, so thankful that he's doing well. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to him. He's, he's okay. He's getting better. <laughs> and some, some, young, some youngster I know that you're, you're very well known for, is, is, and I, I, I'm especially uh, pleased to speak to you about, is, is obviously your goal against Preston, which I'm sure is something that you're very uh, happy, to speak, <laughs> happy to speak fondly of. I think that was a turning point of our season. No one expected us to go there and uh, beat Preston. Uh, Wickham's manager at the time, Gareth Ainsworth, was playing for them. I had an unbelievable tussle with him in midfield. He was wearing a mask at the time because I think he had a fractured cheekbone. And we had a bit of a tussle on the pitch and he was on the floor and I remember pulling the mask off his face and letting it go, you know? Just to let him know that he's doing We're not going to be taking no prisoners today. And uh, it was a close run, close fought game. And um, I was fortunate enough to get the ball in their half, just inside their own half with minutes, not even a minute to go, I think where Tim Langford just trapped it and played it to me and I just made my mind up from then that I'm going to shoot because it, 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 it felt right and it went in. And I think that was the turning point of our season to push us to get into the playoffs. And as I say, it must have felt like such a, a special time, obviously, to be, to be scoring like that, but also to have been that sort of catalyst, if you like, for, for that achievement. Yeah, to be part of such a good, good team because usually I've been involved in clubs as a coach, as a manager, or even as a player, like when you get promoted, the, you galvanise something and the momentum takes you through. We had that in abundance at Wickham. So, you know, and I still say this now, the level between National League and Division 2, there's, there's not that much of a big difference, you know? And we proved that. I proved it on two occasions, once with Barnet and once with Wickham, that the gap wasn't that big and we, we galvanised something and we fully deserved to be where we were. But that game there was, I think, the turning point of our season because... Big things were made of it. John Beck was there at the time. You know, there was all kinds of shenanigans going on where we were told not to drink the tea. And, you know, he would put sand, heaps of sand in each corner so the balls could hold up. I remember the gaffer refused to play until the sand was taken off. But on that particular Friday when we were practising, we'd finished training and um, he disappeared. So we just carried on practising shooting. And I think that may have helped. But I'll never forget their memories for me fond memories and sometimes my son even says to me do you know what dad it's been voted the best goal in Wickham's ever history in the football league and I take great pride in that you know No definitely and the whole team seemed to play such exciting attacking football at, at that time as well Yeah it was we played with two wingers played with two forwards we had Guppy on one side and Hutchinson on the other and we had some great midfield players and I was competing for a place at the time with Simon Stapleton and obviously Keith Ryan, both legends of the club. There was me in there as well. And uh, Keith Scott was immense up front. And, you know, from my time of knowing Westy and Kim Casey, these are non-league legends, you know. You only get to see these players once in a, in a lifetime. And these were non-league legends that were proven at this level. And every time the ball popped into that box, you knew we were going to score. Keith, Keith Scott was immense. I'll never forget him playing. In the second leg against Sutton, where he scored an unbelievable goal, he said, you know, all of them, all of them. You can't single one player out and say that he was he was special. And I know the gaffer liked Steve Guppy because he had immense, an unbelievable wand of a left foot and we used to just give him the ball and let him get off of it. But there was other players that had to get that ball and give it to him. So 
You know, it was, it was a good, good all-round team that we had there. That was capable of playing some really good stuff. And you must have such great memories of playing under their manager as well. Well, for sure, for sure. He he was, uh, I think, one of the best managers I played for. I think tactically he was astute. Even now, you can see from where he's gone and where he's been. Very intelligent man. Um, and he wanted you, he made you play for him. You know, if Martin O'Neill would say, I'd see him in the change room at quarter past one, he'd turn up at five to two. He'd keep you waiting, you know. Uh, very simple in his methods, but very effective. And he got the best out of his players. And he galvanised something for himself. Um, and he wanted to do some wonderful things. And he still is capable, in my opinion. And so nice as well that you've got that to kind of reflect on. You know, you were at the club such a comparatively um, short amount of time, but but that you'll stay there has had such an impact on you. Yeah, it has, you know, because I, I've always been involved in coaching and management. Like I said, I mean, I, I'm not a... Uh, a traveller sort of player in terms of, I mean, I, I, only, I play for like Barnet, Wickham, Cambridge, Peterborough, Doncaster. I went and learned the Torquay. And really, the rest of them were all playing for Barnet. Oh, the last one was Hazen Yeti when, when I'd been shot to bits because of my knees. But really, the rest of them were just going on loan when I was at Barnet and couldn't get the team. But I picked up a lot and, you know, picking up a lot of qualities from different people to take me on to my coaching career, managing career, you know. So I've been quite fortunate, quite lucky. I've got over 600 games as a manager under my belt. I've been involved in winning things. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed that I'm still doing the job that I love. How did you find the transition into management? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Yeah, I've always wanted to do it. and And I think... It's got to be within you to do it. You know, you've got to really want to do it. And if if your personality and character's not of the York of being that person, where you can turn on the sixpence, I don't think it's for you. Obviously, the game's changed now. Society's changed. You've got to be a different way, a different method of talking to players. But I always wanted to do it. Always had it in my blood. And um, I've been fortunate to work at places like Dagenham and Luton. I've managed in the National League. And I'm now managing at um, Maystone United where I'm full-time and hopefully we'll have a chance of getting to the national. Yeah, it's like because you've, you've obviously played at different levels and you're, you're aware of that kind of level of football and what, what those players are like and what they're going through as well. That must really help. It does, of course, because I've, I've, I've played at a higher level. I've managed at a higher level. And I've also done it at a lower level. So as long as I know the levels around me, above me and below me and around me, and I have a good knowledge of players, and I think that you'll have a chance. The most important thing is when you do this job, you've got to have your own philosophy of how you want to play and what you want to do. And if you can stick to that and believe in what you're doing, get the players to play for you, you'll have a chance. But, like I said, I learned a lot of people like Martin O'Neill. It was an unbelievable time for me just watching him and how he did things. I remember we played Slough. It was like a local derby for us. And I don't know if he started Tim Langford, but I think he bought him on a sub. And uh, he scored this unbelievable goal. And he turned around and he just said, that's what I signed him for. So he knew what he wanted, you know. He just wasn't signing a goal scorer. He knew exactly what he wanted and how they were going to score and what they were going to do at different times of the game, you know. And are there any other particular memories from, from games or kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, really, that really stands out from your time at the club as well? I think when we played Runcorn in the trophy, I think when we beat when we won the league at home, when it was nigh on impossible, we beat Runcorn at home. Uh, my old teammate at Doncaster at the time was a guy called Gary, well, became my teammate at Doncaster called Gary Brabin. Um, Ken McKenna was then at, then was playing for Runcorn as well, who I uh, became close with. You know, they took the door off the hinges, the change room door, because we battered them on that night. Unbelievable performance by us. I think we won 4-0 at home. Um, and uh, that was a just just the whole place was rocking, and it was just a pleasure to be a part of it, you know. No, definitely, and as you, as you say, it's fantastic to have those those memories and those things that you went through. Yeah, they're never going to be taken away. They're always going to be there with me, you know. I know um, that it's it's a fantastic pl- place to play your trade. It's a fantastic place to go and play football. And I think the club's done amazingly well. I think they've got. A fantastic manager and Gareth who's done an unbelievable job. 
and I think they've been stable in what they've done and, and they haven't wavered once and um, long may it continue like I said it's got a soft spot in my heart you know I look at a few results after a game Wickham being one of them um, and when they win I'm happy and you mentioned your son briefly I was reading that you've had him training with you at Maidstone as well oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. he's a young lad that represents the county he represents Hertfordshire County he's doing really well at school He's on course to get his uh, A-level. He's done his box, he's done really well, but he's he's got his heart on Saturday sitting, being a professional footballer, but obviously his studies come first. He's come, he doesn't look out of place at all. You've just got to keep his feet on the ground, that's all. <laughs> no, definitely. And just finally, what's your message to, to Wickham fans who, who I'm sure are you know, really pleased to hear from you and, and to hear that you're doing well as well? Yeah, listen, wishing everybody health, wealth and success. Have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Get behind the team, get behind the manager, and hopefully you'll get promoted again, or we will get promoted again. Without a shadow of a doubt, got the right man for the job, and I hope to see him soon at a game. Really nice to speak to you, uh, Hakan and hear his, hear his memories. It's strange because obviously he, he and, and some of the other guests we've had on the show as well is someone that I you know went to see just as a student, and then if you think like 30 years later, you'll be chatting to him on the radio. And it probably doesn't seem that long ago that you were there, actually. No, exactly. You know I mean. No, definitely. But really, really nice to hear, uh, and good luck to, to him and to, to Maidstone as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. We wouldn't have said that once upon a time, but you know, <laughs> it's all right now. They're, they're, no, no. Know, I, think, I think there's a, a big enough gap between us in the divisions. No, definitely. They'll be in safe hands. Yeah, Something will, else yes. I've learned as well, uh, we, we should learn things from people who know more than us and, and Martin O'Neill obviously someone who we will we'll look up to and I've now learnt that if I arrange to meet someone at quarter past one I should I don't need to turn up till five to two but you did but you didn't have that experience I don't think with him on the phone did you no no he was very prompt yeah yeah also that, that to be honest that would annoy me a bit I'd be there ten minutes early you know, exactly exactly yeah but, but that but, made you want to play for him yeah yeah I suppose you, so you'd, you'd be happy to wait uh, but no really really good hearing from Hacken and you can still see his goal against Preston by the way on YouTube well worth a look definitely well worth a look and um, against Preston is, as well yeah 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 on their on their old plastic pitch oh yes yes with sort of David Moyes and that was the, that sort of time wasn't it uh, yes yeah it was Gareth playing of course with his mask on <laughs> that yeah Ping. yeah oh yeah Speaking of, the I think Wick- you'd have to be quite brave to do that. Oh, I think so. About <laughs> how Gareth was in, you know, back in the day. Yes, he was very combative. Yes. <laughs> uh, someone we must say a very special uh, happy birthday to as well. Uh, also from the uh, Ex Player Association is Ken Brown, who celebrates his ninetieth birthday on Saturday. Happy birthday, Ken! So I thought I'd share this with you because it's something that uh, JDT uh, from the Expo Association has, has put together about Ken. The year is 1931. I'm literally reading this to you. Uh, one of you sit and come with me. One of Wickham Wanderers' greatest as they lift the FA Amateur Cup for the first and only time by beating Hayes and Highbury. Alf Britnell wrote himself into the record books with a late winner. At uh, the other end of the pitch, Jim Kipping was between the posts, adding to his reputation, which includes 289 appearances in a decade of service. You don't get those sort of players around these days. Yeah, no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> no, you get Hacken saying, oh, I haven't <laughs> been to many clubs, and then he says, I've been to 13. And you think, uh, yeah, that's quite a lot, really. That was also the year that another future Blues goalkeeper was born. Uh, this week, we send 90th birthday wishes to Ken Brown. Unlike Jim, he didn't get to make a cup final appearance being understudy to Dennis Sirrett, who we've spoken to on the show, uh, during the 1957 Wembley run, but he was good enough to regularly challenge Sid Cann's regular number one and made 104 senior appearances between 1956 and 1962. A hugely popular figure at Lokes Park, along with late wife Maggie Ken, also spent three years at Maidenhead, and was assistant manager at Slough Town. Slough getting quite a mention this evening. Uh, starting his career with, with Slough Centre. The owner of his own stationery and print business before retiring, Ken will be celebrating with his son Richard, three grandchildren and nine great-grandchildren. His many friends from his Wickham days will also be raising a glass to a great character and a lovely man. Happy 19th, oh, Ken. Oh, happy birthday, Ken. Um, I think there's a slight typo in that message because um, I've just had a look up about FA Amateur cup finals um and in 1931 we played hayes at highbury ah. in the final it wasn't at wembley it oh, that was, might uh, be my, in my fact reason. it never it, it wasn't at at wembley um the fa amateur cup final until 1949 um so they used to play it wherever and we played ours at highbury which is quite a good place to play really um considering that some of them were played at places like the den and ayrton park uh, but yes we beat hayes 1-0 excellent research
online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Christmas on Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Wanderers show. I don't know if we've mentioned it nearly enough, but we're, we're not looking ahead to the uh, Bolton Wanderers game on Saturday. The reason is it's been postponed. No, so we're trying to fill the time by sort of playing you the trail of the Wickham Wanderers show in case you've never heard it before. <laughs> uh, tell us about Wickham Wanderers women. How are they getting on? Um, so, not quite so well this week. Um, but they did not have their full squad. It was only the League Cup in that way that when you lose the League Cup games you can say it's alright we're concentrating on the League um, so they played top of the table at Abingdon United uh, and they went down 8-1 oh I know I know that's exactly what you, you pull that face that you make when you lose sort of like 8-1 it's like, yeah. sort of wince yes yeah absolutely um, uh, and you're now going to ask me actually who they're playing this this um, next this just say next yeah, who next. they playing next who are they playing next and I'm my computer's not finding out quick enough <laughs> You can you see you can tell it's live, can't you? Uh, yeah, we, we'd okay. have definitely edited this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> this bit wouldn't have made the final cut. Uh, okay, so they are playing. No, no, let, let's do it properly. <clears throat> oh, okay. Who are they playing next? They are playing. <laughs> no, no, you're supposed to say straight away. <laughs> it doesn't actually say. Oh, okay, uh, because I think that they now must be on some sort of Christmas. Yes, break. yeah, I did suspect. Sorry, this is the rather poor FA website. Which yeah, is, yeah, it doesn't really yeah, update. Yeah, it's not very good, does it? No, let's move on. Let's and move. also, they've still got fixtures there from like the 31st of October, which yes. is very confusing. Yeah, well, let's make like that bit never happened. Okay. Uh, all the best to uh, Dave and the the team uh, when they're next in action. Yes, which yes, we're, we're not luck. sure of currently. Yes. But, we'll, we'll, but we'll you work. don't want your last game to be an eight wonderful. No, of course. I'd, I'd, no, I'd no. be arranging a friendly for this weekend <laughs> just just so you can get back on the horse. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. Bike. Get back on the horse. Yes. I think that's the expression, isn't it? It is. Get back on the bike. That's not the horse. That's not the expression. Is it? No, Definitely I think it's get back on the horse. Yes. Yeah. If you fell off a bike or horse, it's a similar sort of thing, though, isn't it? Have you fallen off a bike? Yes. <laughs> More on that another time. Okay. Uh, first, though, uh, let's hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, we start by talking about obviously the game on Saturday, and we said that there was so much around it, uh, loads of different things. The NHS being uh, uh, com- um, sort of commended is the right word, I think, uh, on the on the pitch of that semicircle at halftime. I don't imagine that he's ever fallen off a bike. <laughs> no, no. But but also all those other bits as well with um, Chris Farino and uh, Darius Charles, and this is his reaction. Hopefully, people are proud of their club. You know that's what we try and we try and preach all the time. And there's no point just talking about it. We want to we you know we want to put it into action. And you know first and foremost the NHS who are again so prominent at the moment, and uh, we don't know how lucky we are sometimes until you you go and live in other countries or you go you go to their places. Um, they're an absolute. You know, godsend for us, and uh, and they're going to be uh, obviously needed quite heavily over the next few weeks with all the with all the talk of what's happening. So that was that was brilliant. And then Darius, again, it's something we do. You know, before the game, and a lot of clubs would say, "Why you do it before the game? Why you give them a boost?" It's what we are. It's what Wickham Wanderers is. And uh, you know, we did it with Scotty Cashcut. We we did it with Darius. Um, it's what we are and who we are, and that's important rather than everything else. You know, I know results are important, but I think uh, your, your identity is so special. People talk when clubs are on losing streaks and they have no identity. We certainly have identity at Wickham Wanderers and, and that brings me to, again, my identity of giving young players a chance. You know, Chris Farino made his league his league debut on the Tuesday of the week and uh, and obviously Ali Alhamdi, who there's um, a lot of hype about and talk about, he made, his, uh, he made the squad for Saturday as well, you know. Um, he's competing very heavily with TJ DeBar at the moment both the strikers are I mean they're both scoring both training really well and it's a real tough decision to, to include either of them in the squad you know it's uh, been nice to be able to get both of them in at one stage but um, Ali's, uh, Ali's proved himself in training and I think he just he's desperate for this moment this chance uh, that he's, he's you know his story is unbelievable and what he's been through to to get to this stage um, and uh, yeah both of those are going to they're going to feature very soon as well but um you know, pleased to say that after all that and all those other incidents around the pitch, on the pitch, we, we, you know, we, we deserve something out of the game, but so did Wimbledon. And I think that's probably why you can say a draw was a, a fair result. You know, we, 
we weren't at our best and, and then second half we seemed to switch on and get back to what we do well and uh, and especially with Bale coming on I thought it changed the game a little bit um, and at 1-1 I'm sure like me everyone else in the stadium thought there was only one team going on to win that and it, it wasn't Wimbledon but um, fair play to them they've got some real good energy and some real good kids and uh, Jack Ridoni proving to be a real star signing uh, well star youth, young player coming through for them and uh, He's uh, he's going to be uh, around for a long time, I think. Um, he popped up with a goal in the 92nd minute, was it? So it was a real tough one to take. But, uh, you know, typical Wickham. Two minutes later, we see people winning back in who left their seats to see a penalty going from JJ to equalise. It was uh, it was brilliant. And, uh, like I say, probably both teams deserve something out of that game. And uh, good to know that when you're not, firing on all cylinders you're, you're not getting beat that's, uh, that's something we've worked on heavily and a great advert for the team as well that you know we talk about the youngsters but there are such um, experienced names getting the goals on Saturday as well yeah both of those you know both played a big part in my last 10 years at the club and JJ the last 8 seasons I think they were 6 and uh, he, he, the stalwarts of Wickham Wanderers you know you talk about you know the, the the names gone by of your Keith Ryans and your and your Matt Bloomfields for instance and you know, um, you know, Guppies and, and Carols, Akin Fenway and Jacobson must be talked about in the same vein. There's no two ways about it. They've both played huge parts in the, the success of Wickham Wanderers, and uh, and I'm really proud that um, both of them are still going, still fully committed to this squad, and uh, and hopefully we can uh, we can give a cherry on the top by finishing in that you know in that top six places at the end of the season that's what we're aiming for it's going to be tough but um, uh, they're, uh, they're real leaders in the uh, in the group and brilliant to see them both score goals on Saturday and great to see you had a practice match at Bisham Abbey again with the youngsters on the, on the score sheet what did you take from that? Yeah uh, brilliant you know um, the way the club is progressing you know uh, Sully Kaikai and Daryl Hogan both getting valuable minutes because they've just been on the fringes at the moment you know and, and, been, and not been happy to be on the fringes but been uh, understanding and, and wanted their minutes so both of those got minutes Daryl was really unfortunate he got he got the bobble from hell right at the end there and it could have been all four internationals scoring that day um, Sully scored a great free kick uh, Daryl ran the show from from uh, in midfield position really well Sully scored a great free kick and uh, obviously Ali, TJ and Jack Wakely all scoring as well so um, real real uh, progress from that development group you know real progress um I thought that some of the boys have, have put themselves right in the frame and they keep performing like that. I've, uh, I've got difficult decisions. Not just me, that the club's coming on so well as a whole, you know, really is. And uh, out of uh, Sam Grace and Matt Bloomfield, what they've done with these young boys. Blooms is obviously doing the first team a lot now as well, so he's making that transition really well. Um, we have a real good underbelly of uh, of talent if, if needed to be called on. And, uh, and I think as I go out back to the beginning of the conversation, with, uh, with things ramping up pandemic-wise, you never know who's going to get a chance or how many numbers you're going to have. And uh, we've got to make sure that everyone's ready to put on that first-team jersey. You mentioned after the game on Saturday that David Wheeler and Anthony Stewart missed out through illness. Uh, are they better now? Um, yeah, they're both back in the building, which is great to see. Um, whether they'll be fit enough, we'll see. Um, but... Um, Really, really pleased to uh, to get them both back in. You know, we we uh, you know we missed those two big names in the in the squad, and uh, you know without um, Josh Scone who missed out last weekend, um, and, and Dominic Gape again, you know it's uh, it's crucial that we uh, we get all our best players fit. And something else that you mentioned uh, post match at the weekend is that a win on on Saturday uh, would take you to to f- the, the level of points, which would be two points uh, per game, which would be good enough for promotion. Yeah, I, I think it'd be. Almost two points per game. I think it'd be twenty, twenty-three. Would it be twenty-three and forty-five? So you know, I think we're a point short there, two points per game. And I think if you start any season and you get two points again, you, you end up promoted. You know, that'd be that ninety-two points that I'd end up with if we keep that um, keep that ratio going. And uh, no team in the world would not be uh, promoted on ninety-two points. So. We've got to make sure that we uh, we keep going, uh, keep consistent is really important, you know, and keep our values, keep our identity, as I spoke about. Um, but the boys, the boys want to win games. They, they believe they can win games every time they go out on the pitch, you know. And uh, all teams are going to have a little, a little spell. We know that, um, 
and you know we've had ours over Christmas for the last couple of years we've got to make sure that we're on that you know we're a lot stronger than we ever have been around this time of year um, just got to make sure the consistency levels are there and uh, in January we can show for some clubs maybe some clubs will lose players maybe some clubs will get players we've got a couple of targets um, I can't see us losing anybody I think um, Rob and Pete um, and Missy are absolutely hell bent on, on keeping the best squad at Wickham on this year the best chance so I think unless there's a ridiculous offers coming for anyone, the squad's going to be how it is, and uh, and we look forward to maybe adding one or two and and having a real push for the end of the season. But um, let's get this Christmas period over first, you know, and, and I want to I want to set up these uh, these next four games, which can be mental, you know, Cambridge, Ipswich, Charlton, and Sunderland can be a real real decider on uh, on the season. So uh, we want to be strong. And five games unbeaten in the league, it must feel like there's some real momentum building now. Yeah. Um, especially after there was a, a panic from everyone else around. There was no panic inside me. Um, I can assure you, I know what we've got here. And uh, I know in, in the Ipswich and the Portsmouth games, um, you know, we we really did deserve to something like that. We probably played better against those two teams than we did against uh, AFC Wimbledon. But um, that's football fear. So there's no panic inside me. Um, I think there was a few worried glances and a few panic stations from other people around. But yeah, I think that's why... Uh, when everyone else is looking at, uh, at me, I've got to keep calm. I've got to keep, uh, you know, keep the uh, the program in place. Um, and the cup games again, you know, this, how we didn't win those games as well. But um, you know, we put all that to bed now. Um, back on track now, like you say, five unbeaten. Um, I'd like to turn a couple of draws into wins, um, and we can't take any game lightly. It does feel, doesn't it, like we're on a bit of a roll? It does. And so it's a bit frustrating in a way mm. what's happened has happened. But at the same time, given our previously fairly woeful run over the festive period... Mm. Which maybe, Gareth touched on as may, well. Exactly. Maybe it's not a bad thing. And you begin to wonder, I don't know, will there be any games played over Christmas and New Year? Well, we've obviously heard tonight that actually more games from the Premier mm. League have been postponed now at the weekend. Um, well, I think they're hoping that by postponing them now, that yes, it will be possible to play will, them over that. Yeah, they will go ahead. But I, I don't know. You, you just suddenly, the whole of Christmas from a football point of view uh, seems to have a bit of a question mark over it. Um, and again, but my initial reaction to the postponement was, oh, good. Well, at least now that's one less mm. game in hand that other teams will have. But actually, if they get postponed as well, then of course. that's you know that's not going to happen. And as you say, it does now mean a you know a, a cold possibly mm. Tuesday night in Bolton somewhere where we may be trying to fit the fixtures in in some ways at least we're not in the FA Cup yes good point all the pizzeria Leyland Daff trophy oh yes because there'll be a weekend in January won't there where there will, well, third round certainly will there who are we meant to be playing that weekend that's a good question yes Something we'll like find that, that out yeah we'll yes. tune in next week uh, indeed um, whilst we now listen to uh, Phil's interview so Phil went into the club shop before the game against AFC Wimbledon um, because Missy Kuhig was in there uh, and Phil put it to her that probably there weren't that many directors that you'd find it in the club shop and that very much it's her club shop. The shop is my area. Um, I get to pick the merchandise, I get to design the merchandise and occasionally I get to come in and sell the merchandise. Well, selfishly, there's talk about what I wanted in the shop and you've delivered baby stuff. Yes. My little son yes. now, he's got a little shirt, he's got the socks now, so, and there's now baby grows for new chair boys and girls that are going to be born, you know, in the forthcoming season. Exactly, blue and pink. Because at first I thought, oh, well, we'll only do blue because that's our colour. And we had a huge demand that people wanted pink ones too with the logo on. It. So we can do that. We can deliver what people need. I might have to have another baby now. And there's a bottle of gin on the counter as well. We can diversify. That's right. We're trying to expand the selections so that there's something in the shop for everyone. Um, gin is not my cup of tea or my cup of gin for that matter, but a lot of people are going to enjoy it and love it. Next up, maybe we need a bottle of wine with our label on it. That would be my thing. Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice, nice clara, I think. You know, yes. to toast promotion with hopefully right <laughs> 72 clubs in the football league are there many board members working behind the shop on, on a match day 
I have no idea, but I would assume no. I would assume there's even less board members working behind the desk at the shop than there are female board members in the AFL all over the place, which is a very low number to start with. Well, that was going to be my next question. How are you finding it as a female in, in what has been a very male-dominated environment in this country in football boardrooms? You know, I understand that that's the history, but I haven't seen any barriers to it whatsoever. The, the rest of the board treats me just like one of their own. Um, I bring my own talents to it with the merchandising and the marketing. You know, I have a background in marketing and sales for my entire career. And um, we all work very well together. So n no barriers whatsoever in this club. And the shop, we're in the shop now. The shop's looking great. I mean, how, how are sales going? Unbelievably well. Um, we have already, since the beginning of this season, done more in merchandise sales than we did all of last year, which was more than all of the year before. So um, our, the Wickham word is, is spreading, and everyone wants this new gear. So <laughs> we can barely keep it in stock. So we're here before the Wimbledon games. This is the last home game before Christmas. You're going to be very busy today, aren't you? There's people yes. here waiting to buy scarves. Come on, guys, you can still pay. This will make good audio for the interview. So what we have here, we've got a new, a brand new Wicked Wanderers scarf and a bobble hat. These look fantastic. What, what, what's attracted you to these? Um, my husband and daughter are um, season ticket holders, and I'm just trying to get them as a little bit of a surprise for Christmas. All right, we won't say them. No names. No names. <laughs> but, later. But they look very nice. Did that, that... this new scarf. Yeah, it's so it's soft good. compared to the old one. And you can just tap right here. We have gone in the shop, just like in the rest of the stadium. We are completely cashless, and everything is done wirelessly and cashlessly and without paper. Would you like an email, email or a text please. receipt? Here, go right ahead and type that in. Um, so it's all very smooth, and the greatest thing about this system is I can watch it, and I do, unfortunately, for everyone involved, watch it all day long, even when I'm in the States. So on a match day, I know exactly what's selling at all times, minute by minute. Thank you, yes, so, thank much. you so much. Even though I may be 5,000 miles away. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, Rob, Rob Hi, I, I picture you guys watching the football and the matches, but you're also screaming at the screen, going, we've sold some more baby socks. I do, actually. <laughs> when it's a new product that's just come in, like the Santa hats today or the Santa stockings, I do constantly say to him, well, that's 10 in one day. Or that. <laughs> 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 it, it drives him a little crazy, but quite frankly, that's the, my job in life. So, a Wickham Santa hat's just gone through the till here, so mm -hmm. a nice seasonal item as well. We've got the calendar here as well, which is always a seasonal favourite. I had fun with the calendar, so I have to admit, I was at first anti-calendar because I'm against anything that's dated that we can't sell again the next year. And um, Pete and the rest of the guys talked me into the calendar, but then I got to choose the photos, and we went with all goal celebrations this year, and it's not just the players, there's also fans celebrating goals in the pictures, and um, I have to say I, I love it, so okay. I was going to say that to be the Grinch, and now I'm happy it exists. So <laughs> the politics of who's on which month is was was it was it hotly contested? Well, it was a little bit, as, and who was on the cover? Which, by the way, the one I picked for the cover scored our first goal last, on Tuesday. So hello, um, <laughs> but there was conversation around that because you know um, I love this picture of Gareth that's in November, and it was pointed out to me that he had to be in November because that's both the month he joined the club and his birthday month. And I said, okay, well then, obviously November. There we are. We need, we need to include St. Gareth's Day here in November, definitely. Well, all the best people. Only because your birthday's in November. <laughs> but you knew, though, that means now that we can't sell anybody in January, otherwise the calendar would be wrong. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Very we always used to scan across the opening months, like, who's going to go in the yeah, summer? Right. <laughs> there it is. And would you like a receipt by text or yeah. email? <laughs> so it was a lot of fun putting it together, and um, they were probably right. I'll admit that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask you about match days, because sure. obviously you're 5,000 miles away, yeah. you and Rob, and there's a whole army of people now in Louisiana watching these games online. What's yeah. it like? I mean, I've never had to do it. <laughs> You know, it's great fun. Um, most of the matches are early in the morning, so we actually watch them from home. Um, occasionally on a Saturday, I have to be in my bookstore, and I have it on the television there. But it's just me that early in the morning. I'm not, you know, showing it publicly or anything <laughs> like that. And we'll be texting back and forth to each other if we're not watching it in the same room. Um, so it's almost like when he's here and I'm not. We're texting each other during the match as well. But, you know, watching... Watching the match on TV is not nearly the same as being here in person, but of course we can't be here for every match. And 
are you calm? Is Rob calm? What's the dynamic in the room? If say if Wickham let a goal in early on. I don't think calm is the right word, but it's not overly excited. It's, okay. um, you know, we know it's a long season and a long game. And um, tense, yes. Calm, no. Well, enjoy the shop. It's great to see you behind the till. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, and good luck with all the merchandise. And uh, and people can get stuff online, right, until yes. Christmas? Yes. What's yes. the cut-off um, date for them? Uh, it's hard to know with shipping what it is today. Uh, we can't guarantee anything, but we will we will try our best to get things to you as quickly as we can. Smashing. Well, mm -hmm. happy Christmas, Missy. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Our consumer correspondent, uh, Phil Catchpole there. From the excellent Ringing the Blues podcast, which has been mentioned twice now on this week's this week show. I was very impressed with all of the customers as well chipping in. Yeah. It was good, wasn't it? You're expecting the credits at the end there. That yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, all the people who featured in the <laughs> making of that. Uh, thank you very much too, Phil. Yeah, excellent. Uh, we'll be back next week with um, a bit of a a bit of a different show, because we won't be looking back on a game. That's, 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 that's true. true. No, no, already. But we'll be previewing the hopefully busy uh, uh, festive fixture schedule. Let's hope so. Yes. Uh, Cambridge United on Boxing Day. Let's hope it goes ahead. Let's hope it's not too chilly as well. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, cool. Yes, it was cold there. On as has become tradition, I'd like to leave the uh, the final words to you. Uh, ho, 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 and a Merry Christmas. And let's hope that the COVID doesn't cause too many more postponements. Well, thank you very much.